What if today was the day that you dared yourself to do what you've always wanted? Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. I'm your host, Jen Gottlieb. And together, we're going to step outside of our comfort zones and into our best lives one dare at a time. So come on, I dare you to dive right on in. Hi, friend. Happy New Year. Welcome back. It is January 1st today. When I sit here and I record this, it is the first day of the new year. If you're listening back, this is the first day of 2024. It's a good day. It is beautiful here in Fort Lauderdale. So sunny out. And I've just been taking the day to fully embrace reflection and creation. And I've been doing this thing that I do. I, it, it, it's a form of active recovery for me. But it's when I just put on my headphones and I, I do a lot of walking. I do a lot of walking. I do a lot of consuming of content. I'm listening to quite a few books and podcasts. And while I do that, it's kind of like I'm halfway listening and halfway asking myself really important questions. So it's like my subconscious mind is working a little bit harder than my, con- my conscious mind during this, these days. So I don't really tend to take New Year's Day to do activities with friends. I actually really like to be alone and reflect and create or just have space to either listen or act on whatever comes up when I'm listening. So today, as I was organizing things and getting ready for the new year and getting ready to get back to work tomorrow, I I got really inspired to create a podcast for you. And I've listed some things out that I want to go over with you today. And and these are what I'm going to talk about today are underrated things that I did this year that moved the needle the most for me when it comes to becoming happier, wealthier, and healthier. And these things that I'm listing out today are not something that I thought of overnight. I didn't just sit down and write them. This was a portion of my Best Year Blueprint, which hopefully you guys all did. And if you didn't do the Best Year Blueprint, listen back to the last episode before this so that you can go ahead and do your Best Year Blueprint. But in the reflection portion, I spend a lot of time thinking about what really moved the needle for me and what didn't, what I can take with me into 2024 and what I want to leave behind. And some of the things that I'm going to share with you today are things that are kind of underrated, things that a lot of people don't think are that important. But when I look back and I just allow myself to freely think of what helped me the most this year, some of the things I noticed were not so monumental. They weren't huge, big, massive, like super sexy personal development strategies that I use them more. And some of them are really small, itty bitty, tiny little new wins that I incorporated throughout each and every day. And some of them actually surprised me. So what I want to do is dive right on into this list. And again, take it or leave it. This is not advice for you. These aren't things that you absolutely have to do. It's just part of my reflection when I look back on underrated things that I didn't necessarily know were going to make a big shift, but did in the way of making me happier, healthier, and wealthier, these are those major needle movers for me. Let's start with number one. Okay, number one is wearing a uniform every day. This this was like the most monumental thing that I changed in my life that really transformed the way that I show up. And this might sound crazy to you because if you look at my Instagram or my social media, you'll see I love clothes. I love fashion. When I'm speaking on stages, I love wearing clothes. Like, beautiful outfits. It's something that I'm so passionate about. It's part of who I am. It's part of my brand. But when I'm home and I'm doing meetings and I'm working in my business and I'm going like doing all the things that I have to do in my day to day, picking out an outfit in the morning to wear 
was one of those things that took me way too much time. And it was wasting energy and brain power because I would wake up and I would have to think about what I was going to put on my body. And then what would happen is I would put on jeans or a dress and then I would be so uncomfortable with it throughout the day that it would actually waste energy, brain energy, because I would be worried about or thinking about how uncomfortable I was in that outfit. So I wouldn't fully be able to use my brain. So what I decided to do was kind of a subconscious decision. I just started kind of wearing the same thing every day. It's happened sort of during COVID. Like I was wearing black sweatpants and a black camisole. And that felt so comfortable for me and looked cute on Zoom. So I could wear a fun earring, but I was still wearing a little, little black tank top and black sweat. So I felt unbelievably comfortable, but I still looked good. And if I did a full face of makeup, I looked great and I felt comfortable. And I loved that so much that I started wearing it every day. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to own this. I'm going to wear a black cami and black sweats and a black cardigan every single day. And I started collecting black camis and sweats and cardigans. And it took my getting ready time of getting dressed from 30 minutes and took it down to two minutes. So I would just throw on my clothes. And so it gave me more time to do my makeup and do my get ready with me's, my Instagram lives that I do every morning. I could spend lots of time on that because I didn't have to worry about what clothes I was going to put on. And it helps me to feel super comfortable so that I'm not shifting around and moving and thinking, oh, I can't wait to get these jeans off my body or I can't wait to get this dress off me or worrying about wasting a really great outfit when I'm just on meetings at home and being able to save my beautiful outfits for when I'm on stage. So when I'm home, I have a uniform. It it just saved so much time and energy and oh, creativity. It really did. It was a mind-blowing needle mover. Uh, number three, say no to social activities that I didn't want to do, but I felt obligated to. For years, I would do the things socially that I really didn't want to do because I felt an obligation. So I'll give you an example. Maybe a friend asks me to go on, I don't know, uh, some kind of adventure sport, which I don't enjoy. I don't like adventure sports. I don't like jet skiing or anything like that. I had to really come to this conclusion actually recently where I just had to give myself a break and just allow myself to just say, listen, I don't like this stuff instead of forcing myself to do the things that I absolutely hate because I feel obligated to do them. So if a friend says to me, we want to go on a double date and we want to go jet skiing and I just genuinely don't want to, I would much rather uh, get some stuff done around the house than to do that. That's usually a sign. And so instead of saying yes and going anyway, which is something that I would have done years ago and then regretted going and felt like I just didn't have a good time and didn't feel right about it and felt like I, I could have been doing something that made me feel a little bit better than that situation. I've just been saying no. And I've been getting really intentional on who I want to spend my time with, what I want to spend my energy doing, and only saying yes to those things and being okay with saying no to certain situations and, and certain people that maybe drain my energy or just aren't somebody that I want to build a future with. And as hard as that is for me to say, I'm even uncomfortable saying it now. I guess that the, there, there's still a little piece of me that feels like people pleaser piece of me. Like I just want to make everybody feel amazing and be everybody's friend. But if you want to create a life where you're feeling fulfilled the majority of the time, I don't want to say every day all the time because I don't know if that's really a thing. I think that we, of course, have to do things that we don't want to do. But Spending time personally and doing personal like activities that should be fun with people that you don't want to be around just because you feel obligated to and you want to just be nice and you want to go with the flow, that's only hurting you and it's actually only hurting them. Because when you say no to that, you free them up to go hang out with someone that will have a really great time with them doing what they want to do, like jet skiing or snowmobiling or 
parasailing or any of those activities. I bring it up because that's been coming up for me a lot living in Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, I just don't want to do the outdoor adventure sports. You guys can and I will watch. So yeah, saying no. Let's move on to the next one. Owning the season that I'm in and being proud and enthusiastic instead of apologetic. This has been a big shift that I made this year and it helped me so many ways, in so many ways. And when I say season, so let me give you an example. This year, I was in a major season of work and I owned that. I had a book that I launched. I, we were really, we had a, the biggest event we've ever done. Um, we were in a big, like foot on the gas pedal season of we're going to work really hard this year. And that is the season. And that is the goal. And that's the season that I'm in. And maybe next year I'll be in a different season. But the season that I was in this year was not a social season. It was not, it was definitely one of those times where I was intentional and like, I will definitely go on vacations with friends. But if I'm going on a vacation with friends, I would love for that to be a half business vacation, half friend vacation. Like I took this wonderful girls mastermind vacation where we did a lovely spa weekend together, but we were also masterminding our business. So I just owned the fact I was like, if I am going on a trip, it's either tagged along to a business trip or it is a combo business trip plus fun trip. And because that's the season that I'm in right now, that's what I'm choosing to do this year. And I'm so excited about it. I'm enthusiastic about it. It's not because I have to, it's because I actually want to. So I never used the phrase, I have to work. I actually flipped it for myself because I really do enjoy being in this season. I was like, I, I'm working this year. I'm so excited. And everything that I do is really tied to work this year. And that's my focus. And that's my season. And maybe that won't be my season next year. Maybe it will. I don't know. Right now in this day, in this moment where I'm talking to you, I'm still in that season currently and I'm enjoying it and I'm owning it and just reframing my mindset around it and going from being un being like kind of po apologetic about it. Like, oh, I have to work and pretending that it's such a pain. Just owning the fact that I freaking love it. I love the season of work. I love this push. I love having my foot on the gas pedal. I love creating. And everything that I do right now is really built around that. And it could change at any moment, but right now that's the season and I'm owning it. Number five, that ties along. I, I made the most out of every trip. So let's say I was traveling for a speaking engagement. I would, on the tail end of that or the front end or the back end, I would usually plan a dinner around that speaking engagement. So if I, like I didn't make any trips this year that were only social. It was all work trips and I would tie in the social to the front or the back. And that really helped me. And it, it, again, it's like going into the year, making this a conscious decision. The conscious decision was I will take vacations eventually in my life, but right now I'm working. So how can I make the most out of every work trip? So if I'm going to LA to do a bunch of podcasts for the book, I'm going to see the friends that I have in LA on the front end or the back end. Or, you know, maybe I will invite them to come along to the podcast recording or I'll throw a dinner that's like a mastermind work dinner where I invite everybody that I know in that city. And so, and then I'll record it and I'll have a content creator come and get footage so we can make content with it. I was just like definitely making the most out of every situation. And again, it's the mindset and the perspective of that and owning that and enjoying it and making it a thing instead of being apologetic about it or thinking that there's something wrong with it. Everybody in my life was like, oh, yeah, that's the season, Jensen. That's amazing. Let's do it. Let's have fun with this season in this moment. And if they didn't like it, then that's cool. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Number six, this ties right along. I traveled for business only this year, but tacked on fun on the front end and the back end. We traveled a lot this year. I traveled a lot, especially for the book launch, for the podcast recordings. And it was there were no vacations. 
that I didn't, we didn't go on vacation this year at all. However, I did go speak at a mastermind in Mexico. And so while I was there, I took advantage of going and walking on the beach and being in Mexico and enjoying myself there and, and feeling like I was on vacation. But then that next day I got up and I got to do a keynote speech. Best of both worlds. Uh, okay, next up. Number seven, I started regular therapy. This was actually the end of 2022 when I started regular therapy and I really dove in deep in 2023 and it changed so much for me. So much. I cannot recommend therapy enough if you know can are in a place where you can afford to go to therapy. It is absolutely just changed my life in such a, a wonderful, beautiful way. And there's so many affordable ways to experience therapy now. I know that there's like better help, which I have done before. And yeah, I can't, I just can't express how much my weekly therapy sessions have helped me this year. Number eight. I walked away from opportunities that felt off, even though they were amazing on paper. I will tell you a quick story. I was in Fort Lauderdale. I was I went there because I was invited to do this very major podcast, like huge podcast, lots of downloads, millions and millions. And I arrived at this studio and I immediately felt weird. I just did not feel good about it. And I didn't, they weren't clear or they weren't very truthful about the reason why I was there or what was going to happen and what type of interview it was. And I immediately just started to feel weird about it. And I got so nervous. And then I got this voice inside of me that was like, Jen, you can't do this. You cannot do this. But then the other voice inside of me was like, you traveled all the way to Florida to do this. This is a huge podcast. There's going to be millions of viewers. Just do it. Just make the best of it. But my gut felt weird about it. My gut felt like it was a no. So I got up and I left and I walked out and I didn't do the podcast. And let me tell you something. I was so proud of myself that day. I had no regrets. I actually felt way, I think that if I would have stayed and done it, I would have been way more nervous and anxious and upset with myself than the way that I felt when I walked off that set, empowered, feeling like I just chose myself. And yeah, that was, so I, when I did that and I learned what that felt like to be empowered enough to say no, uh, it transformed the way that I experienced the rest of the year because I said no to other opportunities as well that didn't feel so good, but maybe looked really great on paper. And that was a big one for me. Uh, number nine, I doubled down on being more me. <laughs> Example, the way I dress on stage, um, not having the answer to every question, being okay with that. Let me explain. So I've had lots of people that have told me that I should dress less provocatively on stage or I should wear longer skirts or I shouldn't wear crop tops. And I've thought very hard about changing the way that I dress on stage. I've thought about this a lot because many stages have told me you can't speak here because of the way that you dress. And it wasn't even a conversation. It wasn't even, oh, we have a dress code. Could you adhere to it? Because I would, of course. Uh, it was just a, we're a no for you because of your vibe. And I decided that this year I was going to just double down on being me. And who like whoever likes it, that's great. I'll be on your stage. And whoever doesn't, it's probably not a fit for your audience anyway. And that has helped me so much. It ended up being the greatest thing that I could have done because now I'm getting so many emails and requests and messages from people that are wanting me to speak at their event, big events, saying, oh, I can't wait to see what you're going to wear. I can't wait to, you know, please bring the gen. And it's becoming a thing. And if I would have just 
dimmed my light and my meanness to fit in and be able to have some opportunities that probably weren't right for me anyway, I wouldn't have broken out and had that that uniqueness that is part of my brand now, which I'm so grateful for. And then, of course, not having the answer to every question. I do my Get Ready With Me's every morning where I do Q&A, and those are starting up again tomorrow. And I really, I think a few years ago, I thought, man, I need to know the answer to every question. And if I don't know what I need to think of something that I could give them to provide value because they're asking me a question because I'm the expert. And what I realized is that it's actually, for me, even more empowering to say that I don't know the answer to the question. And now that I, whenever I listen to people doing Q&A, if they think that, if they know the answer to every single question, I'm almost like, oh, this is a little weird. Uh, (laughs) Because I don't think everybody knows the answer to everything. And I think it's a very big, it it says something about a person when they can say, hey, I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to find out for you. And so I've really been doubling down on, I don't know something. I don't know. I don't know the answer. You know what? This is not my expertise. I haven't learned about that yet in my experience in life. And I'm going to pay attention to this question. I'm going to ponder on it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to research it. And I'm going to ask some people. And I'm going to really lean into how I can figure out the answer to this question for myself. But I don't have it for you. And it's okay. I don't have to know it all. And that's been really massive. Number 10, sharing more gratitude with everyone that I speak to. This is just huge. Because here's the thing. What I've noticed is that most people do not get to hear a gratitude statement in their life most of the time. That's just not how the world is. Especially people that are, you know, that are working at places like that. Often people just like to complain a lot. And if you can make somebody feel appreciated and you can share your gratitude with that person, you could potentially make their, not just their day, their entire month, their entire year. I have found that Sharing that I'm grateful for somebody when they do something very small and just expressing like, wow, this really did change the way that my day went. You doing this for me today or you helping me or your smile. It can change everything for that person. And I really learned this in a big way. We, when I lived in New York, we had this gym in our building and there was this lovely woman who worked at the front desk at the gym. And every time I walked in, she would always smile so big and had the best energy. And she would always make me feel really good every time I went to the gym. And I started doing this thing where I wanted to express the way that I felt about people, even if I didn't know them and just share with them how great they are or how they made me feel in that moment. And so I decided to go up to her and just say, hey, I just want to let you know that your energy that you have every day, it changes my day. It changes the way that I show up. And I'm super grateful for you. And she was like, oh my God, you don't even know how much that means to me. I follow your content. I watch you on Instagram. I can't believe you just said that to me. I'm like, and I had no idea that she knew who I was. And so it made her a whole day. And then we created a relationship and we created a friendship and I gave her my book and she told me that she was off sharing it with her friends and family and being a better person in her life right? just because of our conversations and the friendship that we created. So me just telling her that I was grateful for her and the way that she showed up, it just created a giant snowball effect in her life And in my life as well, because every time I went to the gym, I got to have that little conversation with her. And gratitude can just shift absolutely everything for everybody. So I decided this year that I really wanted to share that more. If I felt grateful for somebody or I really loved their energy or an experience I had with them, I wanted to tell them. And it just gave me so much more, so many more moments of fulfillment. Giving more compliments. It just goes back up to number 10, giving more compliments, sharing with people wonderful things about themselves. If you like the best way to feel good is making somebody else feel good. There is no other better way to feel awesome 
than to go up to somebody. And if it's a genuine compliment, like you genuinely feel this way, that person, because you have no idea what's going on with that person in their life that day. That one compliment could completely and totally shift their energy that day and change the course of the day, change the course of the week. So I love giving compliments. I think it's a big deal and making people feel seen and sharing with people what you see about them that you think is great. Planning less, this is number 12, planning less and doing more. Planning less and doing more. I used to spend a lot of time in the planning phase. And what I realized when I was planning things is that nothing I really ever planned went as planned. Maybe not nothing. Some things did, but most of the time it didn't. And I would hesitate on doing and taking action because I wanted to have the perfect plan before I started. And what I realized was that the clarity that you're looking for, the plan that you're looking for, often does not arrive until you take the first action. And if you're planning and planning and planning and planning before you can take action, you'll never actually realize the plan that works. You might create this epic plan, but that plan might fail and then you're back to the drawing board. So what I found is plan while doing. Start the momentum. Start the action step. Take that first step. Do that first thing and allow the plan to evolve as you do the thing. And there's a lot of nuance here if we're talking about planning trips and scheduling things and prioritizing activities and stuff like that. But what I'm talking about is planning projects and business plans and things like that. That, yeah, you want to have a rough idea of what you're doing and where you're going, but the only way to really figure out what's going to work is by doing it. And the only way to figure out the perfect plan is to not have a perfect plan and to take that step and mess up a little bit and fail a little bit or win a little bit and, and score and see, oh, this is what works. Oh, this is what doesn't work. Now my plan has pivoted. But usually plans pivot. And the only way to get to that pivot moment is by taking that action step and consistently taking those action steps and learning from the data that you collect along the way. Number 13, I invited the words and maybe and yet into my life. Less absolutes. Chris always would remind me, I say a lot of absolutes or I used to say, always, I always do that. I never do that. I would never, I always. And I was cutting myself off from a lot of opportunities because I was creating absolutes in my mind and creating limiting beliefs for myself. So when I realized that I could incorporate more of the word and, well, I never do this and maybe I could try. Or there we go, maybe. Uh, I've never done that before, but maybe I could. Or the word yet. I am not someone that could ever move to South Florida yet. I used to say I would never leave New York, but what if I just said yet? What if I just said the word yet and just said it and left it open-ended instead of being so absolute? I am not a good driver yet. That's something that I'm, I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> All right. So next, number 14, when I got busy, self-care was prioritized more, not less. This is important. This does not mean self-care like I'm busy so and I'm feeling overwhelmed, so I'm going to take a full day off and go to a spa. No, this means that when I'm busy, it probably isn't the most convenient to go to the gym at, at five in the morning before I need to do all the things that I need to do, but it's more important to do it. It's more important to do it than to skip it. I find that when I'm busy, the gym, like my workouts, my healthy eating habits, my sleep, if those suffer then it's way more difficult for me to get through that busy moment. So when I'm busy and I'm in a season of I got to work hard right now, like my book launch or our big event, 
the workouts, the sleeping, and the food, non-negotiables. The self, non-negotiable, because I needed to have energy. I needed to be on top of my game. And if I was like just prioritizing my book launch or speaking, like they wouldn't be as good. Because the things that make me good are when I'm sleeping well, I'm eating right, and I'm moving my body. That's, I know for me, and again, this is like totally think about what it is for you, what self-care is for you, but those three things, if I'm not doing those three things, everything else suffers. So those need to come first. And when I get busy, it's very easy to say, oh, I'm not going to go to the gym this morning because I don't have the time. No, it's even more. Number 15. So when I travel, it's really like this, it's easy to go off of healthy eating when you're traveling. I travel a lot. And it is, it just, it, all it is a mindset shift to make sure that you eat healthy when you're traveling. And it, I could see myself really fast, totally going off the wagon when I'm traveling as far as, oh, I didn't have time to get a healthy meal. So I just ate whatever was there or I, you know, I, I didn't eat lunch and then I was starving and then I ate a unhealthy dinner or I ate too late or whatever. Again, that goes back to self-care. So I make sure that when I get to hotels, when I'm traveling, I find a grocery store, find a grocery store. And I will go and I'll run there for a few minutes or maybe I'll Uber eat just some rice cakes and some egg white wraps, lots of bottled water, just to have healthy food on me. I make it a step in the process. I prioritize it. It's just, it's part of it. It's part of it for me. If you are somebody that you find that when you travel, everything goes out the window and you have to come back and clean it all up, that's never, it takes a lot of time and energy away from doing the work that you want to do. So for me, I prioritize my health. Number one. So when I travel, it's just something that I do is I go and I take that half an hour to find healthy foods. Again, these are the underrated things that really move the needle for me the most this year. Okay, let's go. Number, where are we? Number 16, wrote down my wins at night. This is a very small practice. It takes me three minutes, but I just write down all of the little things that I did that day before I go to bed that made me feel like I won. And even if it was a crappy day, there's definitely wins. In Maybe that one win was, you know, I felt like shit, but I went and I took a walk and it made me feel a little bit better. Maybe that win is like those wins where I went to the gym, I did my Instagram live, I crushed the meetings, I did the challenge call and we rocked it. Oh, maybe it's I went on a fantastic walk and chat with my mom on the phone. And that was such a win. Or I gave a really great compliment to somebody that, you know, I never spoke to before and we created a conversation and now have a relationship. And that was awesome. I don't know. I'm giving you examples of how small the wins can be and how personal they can be. They don't need to be like, oh my God, I ran a marathon today. Really tiny wins. And when I write down my wins, I find that each day I'm subconsciously trying to create more wins or I'm sticking to the commitments that I make with myself more because I'm excited to write it down. At night. So it, it's like a, it's like a nighttime routine that helps my day go better because I'm subconsciously thinking about what I want to write down. Number 17, stop telling people what to do and just share my experience. And again, like this whole entire podcast episode is not things that you have to do. I am not going to do that anymore. There was a time when I was creating content where I think, I think everybody, a lot of people that are in this space or creating content in the personal development space can fall into the, you absolutely have to do it this way, vibe or mindset. And I don't, I definitely know that I was in that for sure. And what I've learned, especially this year and last year, is that 
can't, number one, you can't force anybody to do anything. Number two, everybody has a different experience and a different situation and a different scenario. And there's so much nuance with everything that the only thing that I can really do is share my experience, what I've learned, what I have done in my life and what has helped me and what has held me back and tell my stories. And you can take it or leave it. You can choose to implement some of those things in your life and try it out for you, but there's no right or wrong way to do anything. And I'm not going to tell anybody to do anything anymore. I can make suggestions based on what has worked for me, but it's definitely not the only way. And there's not one right way or one right wrong way. The only right way is the way that works for you. And I can share a bunch of stuff and none of it might work for you. But you might hear a story that I told on stage a while ago and that just initiated a thought in you that helped you create a new habit for yourself that I didn't even teach you. And so that's it. Just sharing my experience, not telling anybody what to do. Number 18, I started stretching every night before I go to bed. This has been amazing. I did it because my muscles were so sore and I would lay in my bed and I wouldn't be able to sleep because like my legs hurt. So I just started doing a few stretches like sun salutations, really easy yoga poses at night, and it helps release my muscles so that I feel more relaxed. It's almost like you're, you go and you do your savasana after yoga and you feel really tired and that helps me fall asleep. So that's been a game changer. I also, for sleep, I listen to bedtime story apps. Love these. One that I recommend is Nothing Much Happens. It is a podcast called Nothing Much Happens and it's bedtime stories, super simple to listen to, very easy listening, and you just drift off to sleep, obsessed. 20, I take daily walks in the afternoon every day. I go for a walk, even if it's crappy out. If it's crappy out, I'll walk. I'll find a treadmill somewhere and I will walk. I like to get my steps in. Walking helps clear my mind. It helps put me in a better mood. It helps de-stress me. It helps me give me a second to either make phone calls or send text messages or listen to podcasts and audiobooks. It's my me time. I love walking. Chris and I also, we have three dogs. So we take a lot of walks during the afternoon. That's like our time to connect and walk together. Number 21, personal development and business development podcasts only before 5 p.m. I set this rule for myself uh, and I did subconsciously. I didn't even do it on purpose, but it started to really work for me. And I really liked it because here's what would happen. (laughs) I started to enjoy listening to more fun podcasts like Juicy Scoop or I enjoy Bethany Frankel's podcast or any of those pop culture podcasts. And like stuff that's kind of mindless, even well, armchair expert can go either way. If you don't know any of those podcasts, just look them up. They're, they're a little bit more fun. They're, they, you don't really learn a ton from them, maybe a little bit. So I noticed that I really enjoyed listening to those at night when I just wanted to shut my brain off. But in the morning, I couldn't listen to them because I needed to, I, in the morning during my workout or to pump up my day, like I, I wanted to listen to things a little bit more meaty that I would learn something from, a personal development podcast, a business development podcast. So I started doing this thing where I would only listen to personal development, business development books and podcasts up until five o'clock. And when five o'clock hits, I can listen to my juicy scoop or my fun, mindless podcast or whatever, easy listening after five o'clock. And that did two things. Number one, it gave me something really fun and exciting to look forward to. And I felt, oh, I've done, I put the work in. I did, I, I learned something today. I feel good about now just shutting down. And then also it keeps me listening and, and consuming really great content on both sides. So I'm not just all personal development and I don't get like business developmented out and sick of it. It actually really, it, it keeps a nice, I hate to say the word balance because I don't like the word balance, but it helps me feel balanced with my content consumption. All right, number 22, I have an ugly Instagram. 
And that has helped me this year, having an ugly Instagram. And I mean that. For those of you that are content creators, I used to stress out so much about having a pretty Instagram feed, meaning like the thumbnails all being like the same color or having like the same posts every Monday and Wednesday or having tiles that look the same and fonts that look the same. I threw that shit away this year and I really was just like posting whatever the hell I wanted to post. If it was good content, I was posting it. I don't care if it's pretty. I don't care what it looks like for the most part. You know, obviously I care a little bit, but it's not, it doesn't have to be perfect. And if you look at my Instagram, none of the fonts match each other. The videos aren't always the same way or format. And it's freed me up to create whatever I want to create. It's also freed me up to evolve and change. And if I want to change the style of content, because the algorithm is always changing and I'm changing and I'm evolving, I can. I'm not stuck in a box of needing it to be pretty and perfect. I found that when I was putting myself in that box of making it all being pretty, I, I couldn't veer outside the box. And it was hurting my creativity. It was also making me not want to post. It was like so much work. And if I didn't want to make it that beautiful, I wouldn't post. So I have an, an ugly Instagram and that's helped me this year. Number 23, I went on a girl's trip with my business besties where we intentionally mastermind together. I talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. That was a game changer for me, understanding that I could go on a vacation, but also make it a business vacation at the same time and get a lot done. And it, it was really powerful. Number 24, I started incorporating the IDS strategy. Now, what is the IDS strategy? It stands for I don't scroll. This should be number one. This should be number one. But the reason that it's not number one is because I just started incorporating a few, I would say probably three weeks ago, maybe a month ago playing with it a month ago and really understanding that it works now today officially. Not today officially. This week is, oh my God, I really, I said to Chris today, I was like, oh my God, he said something about somebody that we knew on social. He's, I just found out this thing about this person because they posted this on social media. I'm like, I had no idea. I don't scroll. I don't. I used to spend so much time and energy mindlessly scrolling social media and it would make me feel like crap. I would end the day comparing myself to other people I just would. It wasn't something that I was consciously trying to do. It was something that I was discovering that was happening. It was happening. And I felt I just, it was a very toxic habit. My thumb would just go to, to the thing and it would to the phone and scroll without me even realizing it. And then 15 minutes later, I would feel like shit about myself. It doesn't, didn't matter what I was looking at. For some reason, I would just compare wherever I was at in my life to the highlight reels that I was looking at on social media. And I was like, this is taking up time and energy and, and I'm just losing creativity and belief in myself. And it's not a healthy activity for me. If it is for you, that's totally cool. It's not for me. So I decided that every time I caught myself scrolling, I would say this phrase, I don't scroll and put the phone down. And that was the habit that I was going to start to create. I don't scroll, put the phone down. Now, sometimes in the beginning, I would scroll for three minutes before realizing I was doing it. And then I'd say, I don't scroll, put the phone down. But now that I've been doing it for so long, meaning a month, but consistently, I haven't even picked up the phone to scroll. I'm not even doing it. I'm not even touching it. And because I know that if I catch myself, I'm just going to say, I don't scroll and put it down. So it has worked. It's worked so well that I kind of have to course correct now because now I really don't know what's going on. So I have to be able to and intentionally go to my friends' pages and consistently comment and communicate and engage to provide value. And 
and, and keep up with some of my friends. But mindlessly scrolling is where we get into trouble. So I'm so excited that I incorporated the IDS strategy. I don't scroll. Okay. Investing in convenience, experiences, health, education, and relationships over material things. This year, that's been big for me. I, yeah, it is what it is. I'd like to spend money on experiences, on my health, on learning, and on relationships rather than buying crap that I don't need. Uh, it is, that's exactly, I don't have to go into it any further. Number 26, people ask me this all the time, which is why I'm putting this on this list, is uh, I can sign my speaker outfit. And this has been the, this has changed the game for me this year. I didn't know what to do before. And I think that I want to share this because women that speak or create content, if you're wearing a lot of different outfits on a lot of different days and you create a lot of content in one piece of clothing and you can't wear it again, uh, it's like, what do you do with it? And I've been using the Real Real. The Real Real is a really fantastic app. It's really easy to consign your clothes on and it's like a fun process. So I'll wear it and then I'll consign it on the Real Real. I wanted to share that app with you because that's the hack that I use. People often ask me, they're like, how do you, what do you do with all these clothes? And because it's part of my job to wear a really great outfit and create a lot of content in it and then wear a different one. So the Real Real is an amazing website. Shout out to them. I'm not affiliated, but I, I use the Real Real to consign my outfits. Strong recovery game, red light, ice bath, sleep massages. This is uh, something that I've improved on this year. This is number 27. So uh, recovery has become a very important part of my life, intentional recovery. So allowing myself that recovery, not as, oh, you're not doing anything, you're being lazy, but it's no, this is your job right now. Your job is to recover so that you can come back stronger and better than ever. I talk about intentional recovery a lot on my Instagram lives because people like to ask me questions about that. Like, how do you not get burnt out? And I really do prevent burnout by being super intentional about recovery. And it doesn't have to be a week at a spa. I couldn't go to a spa for a week if, you, if I tried. That would be very hard for me to do because I'm just not the type of person that likes to, you know, lay around for that long. But I can do like a Sunday where I do an ice bath and I do some red light and I take a nap and then I'm good. But that's different for everybody. So everybody just, I think that what it is, it's finding what's the right recovery for you and planning it intentionally and making it a task instead of feeling like it's, oh, I'm giving up on myself because I'm resting. I think that's a really toxic mindset to have around recovery. I like to have a more empowering mindset around recovery where it's, okay, this is intentional. I'm doing this on purpose because I know that recovery is where the magic happens. So I'm going to force myself. Actually, my action step, my activity today is recovery instead of, oh, I'm being not doing anything today. No, I'm doing something. It's recovery. And then number 28, the last one, going live every morning. This has been one of the greatest things that I've done in so many ways. It's made me more confident on camera. It's made me a better speaker. It's made me a better coach. It's made me a more consistent person, a more confident person. And it's helped me build my community online. And if you're listening to this, there's a really big chance that you found me from Get Ready With Me. And that's my Instagram show that I do every day. I guess you could call it a show now because it's Monday through Friday every morning. And uh I never thought that I could be that girl that could do that. I never, ever in a million years could have imagined that I would want to go live on social media every day with no makeup on and put my makeup on in front of people and speak off the cuff and not know what I was saying. And in the beginning, it was so hard. But doing that consistently and challenging myself, especially doing it when I didn't feel like doing it, was some of the most growth I've ever had in my life happened 
doing that consistently, proving to myself that I can do something and be consistent with it. Something that's hard, something that's vulnerable, something that's uncertain, something that takes a lot of vulnerability and do it every day. And it showed me what happens when you do that. So many wonderful things happen when you do that, not just for myself, but for others. And we were able to create such a beautiful community on Instagram every morning. There's people there that have made friends with other people in the get ready with me comments and have gone to dinner with each other and have gone to events with each other and have collaborated on business things together because they met on the Instagram. So it isn't even for me anymore. It is for my community and that holds me accountable and was one of the greatest gifts that I didn't even know I was giving myself and hopefully to my community and maybe even to you listener who is listening right now. Hopefully you enjoy that as well. So fun. So we're back to that tomorrow. I did intentional recovery from that so I could stay consistent for 2024, but we are back on Forget Ready With Me tomorrow, January 2nd. If you're listening to this in the future, you can just pick back up. It's not the same time every day, but it is whenever I happen to be getting ready. So make sure you set your notifications on my profile at Jen underscore Gottlieb to watch Get Ready With Me and ask your. All right, we've got some exciting news about the podcast coming up very soon. I'm not going to tease it any more other than that, but please keep sticking around to find out what's going to happen to this show because it is only going to get bigger and better in 2024. And I'm super excited. I'm so in insanely grateful for you. If you are here and listening, it means the world to me. And so can't wait to continue to create for you. If you loved this, share it on Insta, share it on social, wherever, even just text it to a friend, don't even share it publicly. And I hope that I was able to provide some value for you today. And this podcast is called the I Dare You Podcast as of now, hint. So here's what I dare you. I dare you to, to not do any of these things, but to think of what were the needle movers for you 2023? That's what I dare you to do. I dare you to think about what were the things that you did in 2023 that really moved the needle for you that you can continue to implement into 2020. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And I will see you next time on the I Dare You podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the I Dare You podcast. I'm so grateful you chose to spend this time with me, but I'm even more grateful for your future self that you are building one dare at a time. So my first dare for you is to subscribe to the show and then share it with a friend who you think needs to step a little bit more outside their comfort zone and into their best lives. They'll thank you for it. I'll see you next time on the I Dare You podcast.